This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 150. So for this week's episode, I wanted to talk about one of my recent acquisitions, and that is the Canon EOS R6 mirrorless full-frame camera. Now, as many of you know already, uh, my wife and I recently sold our house in the Atlanta area, and we moved to North Carolina. And when we did that, we got a good deal on the house in Atlanta. I sold it for quite a bit more than I bought it for three years ago, which worked out well. And we were able to find a reasonably priced place in North Carolina. So we had a decent amount of money left over. Now, some of that money is going into some remodeling work in the house in North Carolina, which the majority of the kitchen was completed this past week by a local general contractor who does fantastic work. He and his team are just phenomenal guys. I mean, they move around like a, a group of bees. They're busy, 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 buzzing all over the place, but they knock stuff out quickly and professionally. They did a fantastic job. So I want to give a shout-out to Chris from American Made Home Improvements. Uh, and his He and his guys just did a fantastic job. So we got that part done. We have another guy coming in today to do some more work to finish up the subflooring and to put down the new uh, luxury vinyl panels for the new flooring in the house. And uh, uh, so we can get some other stuff done here, get the new rest of the new appliances in, the washer, the dryer, the stove, the refrigerator, all that good stuff. So it's still been a little bit hectic here, but it is getting better. We're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so anyways, because I had some money left over, um, from the sale of the one house and the purchase of the second house. Um, I had the money left over and I already knew I was planning to get the R6. I had gotten delayed a little bit, you know, because of the, the whole situation going on with this pandemic. Had cut down my real estate work quite a bit. And so I wasn't making nearly as much money as I was pre-pandemic. So it made my budget a little tighter as far as buying a new camera. But with this uh, whole thing going on, I was able to, I had the extra funds. I was able to go ahead and get my EOS R6. I got the 70 to 200 F4 LIS lens. And I also got the 24 millimeter uh, or 23 millimeter uh, GF lens for my Fujifilm GFX 50R. So I've had my Canon EOS R6 for a few weeks now. And to be honest, I haven't had a lot of time to shoot with it, but I have gone out and shot with it just a little bit here and there, and I absolutely love this camera. Now, as all of my listeners know, I'm a previous owner of the Canon 1DX Mark II, which is a fantastic DSLR. It's Canon's top-of-the-line professional body, which was then replaced by the 1DX Mark III, which is the current iteration of that body. And 
Rumor has it that next year that body will be replaced by the EOS R3, I believe is what they're going to call the mirrorless version. Now, I'm not sure why they changed this, the naming scheme. It would have made more sense to have just called it the EOS R1, being that the DSLR version was called the 1DX, and before that you had the other 1D line um, with the regular 1D and the 1DS series of cameras. But nevertheless, um, the R6 is a fantastic camera. It's got basically the same 20.1 megapixel sensor as the 1DX Mark III. Um, the uh, total uh, pixels is 21.4 actual. Uh, the sensor size, of course, is 36 by 24 millimeters. The pixel dimensions are 5472 by 3648. Uh, the pixel size is 6.56 UM. Uh, the diffraction limited aperture is f10.6. Um, it does have built-in sensor stabilization, which is fantastic. And that sensor stabilization does pair with any lenses that have the inbuilt, inbuilt IS or image stabilization. So you get even more stops of stabilization to help reduce handshake, allow you to use slower shutters, which is fantastic. Now, of course, it's an RF mount camera, but with the adapters, either from Canon or third party, you can mount EF and EFS lenses as well. So you got a large selection of lenses. I mean, let's be honest, Canon's got one of the largest selections of lenses of any company in the world. I mean, they've just got a ridiculous amount of lenses between their EF mount, their EFS mount, and their R mount. I, I'm pretty confident in saying I'm fairly certain they have more lenses than anybody else on the market. Um, and if you talk to anybody who's honest about equipment, they'll tell whether they're a shooter of Canon or not, they'll tell you Canon's got probably some of the best lenses on the planet. Now I'm not putting down other manufacturers. Sony's got some good, uh, GM glass, their, their gold master glass or whatever they call it. Those lenses are fantastic. Nikon's got some great lenses as well. And then of course you got the higher end stuff from companies like Carl Zeiss, but Canon hands down has the best glass on the market because of their selection of glass, the number of high quality lenses they have, and when you factor in the price. Now you have Carl Zeiss lenses out there absolutely that are as good or maybe even higher in qual image quality than Canon's, but they also cost a heck of a lot more money. So it's a little bit of a trade-off there. But like I said, Canon pretty much has more lenses on the market than anybody else out there. Now, the autofocus type in this camera is the phase difference detection system with image sensor. So it has dual pixel CMOS AF. Uh, it has 1,053 AF area covering approximately 100% of the frame. So you've got a lot of AF points there to work with. And you can set it for the following AF modes, one-shot, servo, AF, or manual. And, of course, you have a lot of various point selections. You have automatic selection, face plus tracking AF, spot AF. One point AF must be selected for limited AF methods. You have expanded area AF. You have four-point expansion, around expansion, eight points, zone AF, large zone AF, vertical, and horizontal. 
So there's just a lot to really love about this camera. Now, as far as the ISO sensitivity, you have auto mode, and then you can go from 100 to 102,400 digital super snowstorm. You can go in one-third stops or whole stop increments, depending on your preference. Now, with the expanded ISO, you can go as low as ISO 50, and H1 will go to 204,800, which is a mega snowstorm. I have no idea why anybody would attempt to use that kind of ISO. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Um, the images would be completely unusable. Now, for shutter speeds, you have 30 seconds to 1 thousandths of a second in half or one-third stop increments. You do have the bulb mode uh, with a total shutter speed range available. The range varies by shooting mode, of course. And then for your white balance settings, you have audio, which gives ambience priority, white priority, you have daylight, shade, cloudy, tungsten, white fluorescent light, flash, custom color temperature settings, and so on. And then you have the white balance compensation. Uh, one is blue, amber, plus or minus nine. Two is magenta green at plus or minus nine. And the custom white balance can be registered, of course, using a white card or any other white object that you wanted to shoot a JPEG of and then use that white from that image to set your custom white balance. Now the viewfinder is a 0 0.5 inch or 127 millimeter uh, OLED color EVF at 3.69 million dots. It has uh, about 100% coverage, which is really nice. The magnification is 0 0.76 times and the eye point is approximately 23 millimeters. Now, that's for all of the technical stuff. And I don't want to bore you too much with all of that stuff. I just want to talk a little bit about the camera itself because I absolutely love this camera. It does make some fantastic images. I will share some of my images that I've captured with the R6 in the Facebook group. I'll probably put a couple of them in this post, but not immediately when I first post it because I want to get this episode out and then I can always update the show notes later. Uh, like I said, I've got contractors are coming out today to work on the house at 9 a.m., so I'm trying to bang out this episode really quick before they get here in the next hour, hour and a half and start running saws and all of that stuff. And then, of course, it'll be too noisy to do anything. Um, but as I mentioned, I absolutely love this camera. And one of the reasons why I love it is because it's basically a shrunken down 1DX line camera. Like I said, it's got the same sensor. It's got the same capabilities. Canon was nice enough to give us with the electronic shutter 20 frames per second, which is a little bit faster than what I had in the 1DX Mark II. I think they did bump it up to 20 in the 1DX Mark III, but don't quote me on that. I could be wrong um, because I know the 1DX Mark II could do 14 to 16 frames per second. And the R6, of course, can do 20 on electronic and it can do 12 on uh, the mechanical shutter, if I remember correctly. It's either 10 or 12. So you've got the speed that you have in the 1DX line. You've got the same 20.1 megapixel sensor. you got newer processors. Um, and you've got a more compact form factor, which is absolutely fantastic. I love that. Now, I can make it as big and bulky as the 1DX. And sometimes I like to do that because of the fact that I have large hands, I like the feel of a big beefy camera 
Sometimes when I'm out shooting, sometimes I want to be more compact and a little more stealth. Other times I want the bigger beefy size and the double battery life of having the battery grip. So I do have one of those as well. But there's just no denying the fact that this camera is basically the same setup mechanically, electronically, technologically as the 1DX Mark II or Mark III, but in a much more compact uh, form factor. So you've got all of the, the capabilities of the 1DX. As far as using this for a sports camera, absolutely. This camera can do everything sports related that the 1DX line can do. As far as I know, I don't know of any limitations that the R6 would have. Both the R5 and the R6 are very capable sports cameras with their super fast 20 frames per second continuous shooting and the fact that their autofocus modes are super fast and super accurate. I've seen a lot of art, read a lot of articles, seen a lot of YouTube videos where people are using the R5 and the R6 for shooting sports and they're getting fantastic performance and fantastic image results. So in many ways, it was a win-win when Canon came out with the R6 because I had parted with my 1DX Mark II because I wanted to get the GFX 50R. So I got rid of a bunch of my Canon DSLR gear in order to finance the GFX 50R and a couple of lenses for it. And I don't regret that at all. And again, I, as, as I said at the time, I wasn't walking away from Canon Canon just didn't offer anything in medium format, and I really wanted that for my documentary work. Now, I would still like to go to the GFX 100S. I don't know if that's going to be possible or not. At $6,000, it's a pretty expensive camera, and as far as I know, they're still not readily available. Most people that have pre-ordered them still haven't received theirs yet. So I have a feeling I'm probably never going to get a GFX 100S, but I'll have to wait and see. Now, um, but as far as the R6 goes, I absolutely love the camera. I love its capabilities. I love its performance, its low light capabilities. The improvements that Canon made there are phenomenal. Now, as I've talked about in previous episodes, I didn't like the idea of Canon coming out with those two super telephoto silver band lenses, you know, the, the F11 uh, 600 millimeter and 800 millimeter. And I'm still that crazy about the idea, but I haven't tried either one of the lenses for myself, but a lot of very reputable photographers and photography YouTubers that have tried those lenses out say that they actually work fairly well because of the R6's incredible low light performance when compared to previous generations of Canon cameras, previous models. So Canon has made significant improvements in the low light capabilities. And that's one of the reasons why I was fine going with the 70 to 200 uh, F4 instead of the 2.8. The 2.8 is nice to have. Don't get me wrong. But at $2,700 versus like $1,500 for the F4 model, I opted to go with the F4 and save myself that extra eleven dollars or $1,200. And I think the, the F4 lens will work just fine. I've used it a little bit. Um, I apologize about that. My stupid alarm. I didn't realize I hadn't turned it off. So I apologize about that. Um, but uh, I haven't used it a whole lot, but I have used it a little bit, and I do really like the lens. It works very well. It's very fast, um, and it's very accurate, and I've gotten some really good images with it so far. 
I will uh, get out and shoot with that lens some more probably later on this week when I have time. Uh, our new house is only a couple of miles from a massive lake and reservoir in North Carolina. And I've been wanting to get down there and get myself some sunset shots, which would be really nice sunrise sunset. Uh, we did have a beautiful sunset sky last night, and I stopped and got a couple of shots with my iPhone 12 Pro Max. But I didn't have any of my regular cameras with me at the time, so I had to settle for what I had with me. Um, and I'll post those on Facebook as well because I'm sure they turned out fairly well. Um, the iPhone 12 does have a good camera system in it, especially the Pro Max with the uh, sensor stabilization and all of that. But getting back to the R6, this is absolutely a fantastic camera. It's a much more compact form factor with all the same technologies and capabilities as the 1DX Mark II or Mark III. And the cost is significantly less. Um, you know, as you already know from listening to past episodes and my experience with owning the camera, the 1DX Mark II, the Mark III, you're talking a $6,000 pro level body. That is a lot of money. A lot of you listening out there can't afford a body like that. And to be honest, for me anymore, it's just not practical. I had the money before and I bought a couple of those bodies. But for me, for what I shoot now, it's just not uh, a good use of financial resources to spend $6,000 on Canon's flagship sports DSLR when I can get the same kind of capabilities from the R6 for $2,500. That's a significant savings. You still have the, the high frames per second continuous shooting capability. You got the same sensor. You got as good or better low light performance. So you pretty much got the best of both worlds with the R6. And I'm absolutely thrilled that I bought one for myself and I've absolutely been loving this camera. Now, one of the things I wanted to do, I want to talk about the R6 in a little bit more depth in a future episode. And I'm going to see if I can get my good friend, Jeff Harmon from the Master Photography Podcast to come on as my guest on that episode because he bought his R6 a few months back, back before I bought mine. So he's had more time to use his. He's done professional uh, portrait shoots with it and stuff like that. And I really respect and value his opinion, uh, especially when it comes to cameras and technology in general. He's a super smart guy, very knowledgeable, and he's always happy to help people out with information, whether it's related to photography or information technology, computer stuff. He and I both do both. So it would be, I think it'd be really awesome to get him to come on the show if he can make the time for me and the two of us can sit down and have a lengthy discussion about the R6 and our thoughts on this fantastic new camera from Canon. Okay, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode 150 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also remind you that the first book in the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia series has been available since this past November, the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia in the Northwest Counties. You can buy a signed copy at the liamphotography.net online store, or you can pick up an unsigned copy at amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com. 
Also, if you'd be so kind, stop by on YouTube, check out the Land Photography YouTube channel. Uh, go ahead and subscribe. Watch some of the videos I have on there. Like them, share them out. Hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new videos drop. Uh, same with the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Pennsylvania channels. They're on there as well. Feel free to check them out. Watch the videos if you live in any of the counties that I've posted videos for and have more information on any of those abandoned buildings and would be kind enough to share in the comments of the videos, I would greatly appreciate that. All right, with that, I will wrap up this episode and I will see you all again on Sunday. <laughs>